Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Friday, March 11th. We are here live. We will be here for an hour today and just an hour. So I'm going to open up the phone lines right now and you can start dialing. It is a free for all Friday. Anything goes. It's an hour. Um, you know, I've got some opening stuff I do want to talk about. Actually, I have quite a bit, um, but I'm really only going to um, cover some stuff until we start getting some calls in. I want to make sure I get to all the calls. I have some time at the end of the show. I might go back to some things, a little bit of politics, a little bit of what's going on in the world today. And uh, eventually we're going to pull all of the commentary and opens out of this segment and they will become their own segment and we'll mostly just go right straight to calls. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, phone lines are open. Let's start dialing. We'll get to your calls here in just a little bit. 855-950-3835. If you're listening on the stream, you can pick up the phone and join us. That number again is 855-950-3835. We are uh, having one little... Today was kind of hectic. You know, we, we've uh, we've kind of warned you that uh, we're still working on technology. We're trying to make this part of the show better every day. This is a, everything we're doing right now is a temporary solution. And I mean everything from the headset I'm using to the way we're doing the show to the way you have to listen to the show. We are working on our own um, systems so that we are not dependent on any platforms at all. So, you know, the history, Facebook was censoring us. We had to move our groups off there. Um, Google was a problem. So we moved a bunch of stuff off Google that we needed to get off. Uh, ultimately, now we even lost our platform on Sirius, um, and and when it happens, it's always a challenge. So this time we took a look at it and we said, what if we just didn't depend on anybody for anything? Not phone lines, not streaming, not storage, not data. Um, we get as independent as we possibly can. And our programming team looked at it and said, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do that. Um, we were in a pretty good cash position. The last couple of years have been good. And we've been, I say we, Lisa's been stocking away cash for a big project someday. We weren't even sure what it was going to be, but we knew we'd be using it for something uh, to build this and give back. And now's the time. So we, we have all the resources we need to pull this off and it may happen faster um, than we even thought in the beginning. So uh, it's a big project, but it, we might be up and running on it pretty quick. In the meantime, this is kind of, it's probably not going to change from what we're doing right now till we flip the switch and go to our own platform. And uh, just so you know how independent we're going to be. Um, about the only thing we're going to be leasing are servers, and most server companies don't care what data is on their servers at all, period. It, 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 they have no real connection to it, so it's not like a platform like Twitter or any of the other platforms we've used. Um, think about it. I, I think one of the highest uses of the Internet is still porn, and somewhere all that stuff is on servers, so they don't even care about that kind of stuff. But even then, we will have multiple redundant servers in several locations around the world. And if one server cancels us or drops, you flip a switch, and we are up and running in an hour. So the, the plan this time, after uh, you know, 15 years of fighting platforms and technology and getting canceled and things changing, we're building everything from scratch this time, which is pretty awesome because we've already found some really cool things that we'll be able to program that don't even exist 
in the podcast world. Just so you know, one of the reasons I've seen a lot of comments like, come on, a 13-year-old can throw a podcast up in an hour free. What's the struggle? And I'll tell you, the podcast part is drop-dead simple. You're right. And cheap. But there are very, very few, if any, podcasts that do two things that we do. We do live callers, live callers on a podcast, not a pre-set-up you know, set up guest, but just 10 phone lines for callers, jump in you know, whenever you want. It's live. And then we also live stream our, our show so you can listen to it while we're doing it. There, are, I, I don't know of any other podcasts that do those two things. There may be some out there, and if somebody knows of one, let me know because I want to go see what they're doing. Uh, so we're real, really building this platform from scratch, and who knows? It may become another business model. We may supply our platform to other people who want to do podcast shows like this. But we're going to be building out a network. Our goal uh, it's a big goal, but our goal is to, to have 24-7 um, content. Some of it will be recorded. Some of it will be live. Um, we're building the real trucking channel. And on top of that, I have made the decision, so you'll know this. Uh, I am keeping my time slot. Um, we'll go head-to-head with Sirius's trucking channel if they want. We're keeping my time slot, so Monday through Friday, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific, that will be my time slot for Q&A going forward. We're keeping it. People are used to it. I like it. It just makes sense. All right. Uh, let me check the phones real quick. Any Anybody coming in? No calls yet. Um, so if you want to jump in, 855-950-3835. Hey, don't anybody uh, tell Bruce. But that's another thing we're doing different today. So I was kind of scrambling um, because I've, I've been in the coach uh, doing my show since I left, which was over two weeks ago. Well, it was two weeks today, I think. Um, so I, I moved all – when I say all of the technology, I probably carry it in my hands. I threw it in a backpack, brought it in, and I broke into Bruce's office. So I am broadcasting live today from Bruce's office at Pittsburgh Power. Uh, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. I posted this on both websites, a picture of me and Bruce's office, and Kathy just made a note, and she is absolutely correct. I said the same thing when I walked in. I walked into Bruce's office. I said, oh, I'm so disappointed. Normally, there's like 300 yellow Post-it notes everywhere, and there's none here. Kathy saw the picture, and she said, Bruce is out of town. There's no notes on the desk, so she knows too. Yeah, so I'm in. Uh, I'm at Pittsburgh Power till probably Tuesday or Wednesday next week, and then uh, I'm actually going to head back to Ohio for a little bit, then head down to the truck show. So uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. Um, let me see here. Uh, I did have a lot of notes. Let me let me look through them. The problem is with all of my notes right now. It looks like it looks like for the most part they're all fairly uh, long topics that would take me a, quite a while to really touch on. So I don't think I want to dive into that. I do see some calls are starting to come in, so I want to make sure I leave plenty of time for calls. One thing that uh, a couple people on one of the website asked me to just comment on, and I didn't really have time to, to make a lot of notes, but I, I, I shouldn't need a lot of notes for this topic. I've been thinking about it for a month now, uh, and that is the all the price increases everywhere across the board. Fuel um, is incredibly volatile. We watched big run-ups over the last week, and over the last two days, we're actually watching it retreat big like yesterday 70 some cents i think today another 14 i think matt sent me the numbers let me check real quick yeah matt said 14 more cents tonight so it, when fuel is volatile this is something to keep in mind when fuel is volatile um somebody's always on the winning end of that and somebody's always on the losing end and what i mean by that is 
prices go up by the barrel faster and they go up and down by the barrel faster than anything else. Then wholesale takes a little bit longer, then retail takes a little bit longer, and then fuel discounts get weird. And if you've got a cost plus, it's kind of crazy. But what happens is if somebody bought their fuel before that big 70 cent drop, then the fuel surcharge let me make sure I say this right. They were actually getting probably getting a stronger fuel surcharge. But when you're on the other end, when you're buying it as it's going up, you're always kind of getting screwed by the fuel surcharge because it's a week behind sometimes that it changes. So volatility, there's always winners and losers. But for the most part, it's just not good for any of us. I don't even mind high fuel prices. I've talked about it forever because the surcharge protects us as owner operators. The problem where we are now is high fuel prices are going to crash the economy. So as much as we might like them because of the surcharge, we don't like when they jump fast. We don't like volatility. And even now, I can say these kind of fuel prices are not good at all. Uh, and the volatility makes it even worse. So in general, um, is the fuel price and volatility because of Putin? Uh, is inflation because of Putin? You hear one side and they say absolutely not because inflation has been a problem for over a year. Clearly, that can't just be Putin. Fuel prices have been going up for a year, so that can't be just Putin. So how can the White House stand there every day and say, it's Putin, it's Putin, it's Putin? And honestly, they can say it because they're not totally incorrect. Of course, since the beginning of this war, it's, it's gotten worse. But it's like two groups talking past each other. One says, oh, prices have been going up for a year, so it's not Putin. The White House says, it's Putin. Well, it's both, dummies. Come on. We're just talking past each other on all this stuff. Fuel prices and general inflation are inflated because of this administration's policies from day one. There's no doubt about that. But they aren't lying when they say Putin caused this. They caused this, what we're dealing with right now, this minute today. Of course, that's a big factor. But that doesn't excuse you from what you've been doing all year long. In fact, Putin wouldn't have been able to have such an impact on our economy, except for the fact that all of those decisions from day one, shutting down pipelines, telling the oil and gas industry, we're coming for you. Remember the campaign? They told them, we're coming from you. In fact, I remember statements like, we want to put the oil and gas industry out of business, which is insane. We will never do that. We never should. I don't care how much green new technology we get. We should be using fossil fuels and producing fossil fuels for a long time coming. As much, of a, as much as I like electric stuff and throw out the politics in the green, I don't care about that. I still know that I still love internal combustion engines too. And I like my diesel fired heaters and my coach and I, I don't want and we're nowhere near ever going all electric. But there's no doubt when you start telling an entire industry, we are coming after you and we want to put you out of business. Now, their bullshit answer every day about, oh, well, there's 900 leases out there. Those companies don't want to drill. That is that. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I, I that's just got to stop. That, that's a, 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 such a red herring response, such a paper tiger. Oh, you know, that we didn't do this. There's still leases out there if they want to use them. Leases don't mean you have a well. Leases don't mean there's even any oil on that property. And they take $100 million to get it going if there is oil under there. And even the lease, if you talk to the people in the oil industry, even the leases that have oil. Sometimes it's too expensive to get to it. Sometimes it has oil. They know they can get to it. But under this administration, they are afraid to make the investment. So our oil problem, even though 
Putin made it a little worse needs to land right at the feet of the people who caused it, and that's the Biden administration, hands down. All right. Let's uh, same with general inflation, because even though Biden has been telling us for a year, first it was temporary, and I can't count how many times in the last six months I've heard him make this statement. I'm going to use every tool in my toolbox to bring down inflation. Not once has he told us what, what any one single tool is. Come on, tell me one thing you're doing with the Green New Deal. Yeah, except every economist in the world, except the ones you pay off, have already told us that will put inflation through the roof. They think they try to convince us somehow it's going to bring it down. That makes no sense at all. So, yeah, Putin can have a little bit of the blame for the recent changes in the last month. Everything else about inflation and energy problems right now, it's this administration. They keep saying they're going to fix it. And yet, as far as I can tell, they've done absolutely nothing. We'll use every tool. Just tell us what one of them are. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Let's go to uh, Ohio. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm happy to have you back, firstly. Uh, you know, I know you talked about not wanting to punish uh, your previous network, and I didn't inherently want to either, but the economics of my subscription changed. Your, your information had a certain value to me, and removing it, to me, changed the economic argument. So I called, and I ended up getting a price reduction just because they said, sorry, but you're Excellent. not worth $42 a month to me. Excellent. As, now, let me – yeah, let me give you my take on that. Look, I, I, I think everybody knows I, I'm a very strong proponent of free speech and free choice. We all make yep. our own decisions, and that's exactly how it should be. So my point of saying I, do, I really have no – uh, intentions or no desire to try to start some sort of a campaign to punish serious and and oh, mostly because yeah mostly because why would I waste my time we have so much to do going forward we have so much positive to look forward to I don't want to waste 30 seconds on a can I but on the other hand everybody who listens I, I also wasn't saying it to influence anybody in either direction I wasn't saying right. don't you make your own decision on financial, on morals, on whatever you want to make your decision on. I'm not, sure. and that's why I only put in a short sentence. I just this, I just, I don't want to go do it. The rest right. of everybody gets to make their own decision, and and it seemed to work oh, out I that think way. That, I think people, a lot of people, people did their own did. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people did a lot. What it similar to what I did. So just a couple questions on the topic. One, were you, did you see the writing on the wall? Like, were you surprised by this? No. No, in fact, I, I, the week before, I, my open was, you know, we're not all that confident of any of the platforms we're depending on these days because, you know, we've been kicked off platforms. We've been censored so heavily that we decided to move off platforms. And... You know, eight months ago, Sirius pulled me off the air for a week and told me it wasn't punishment. They just need – here was their term. It's not punished. We're not punishing you. We just need some time to figure out how to respond to this, which I guess on the surface sounds okay. But my response to them was, aren't you the platform that has hosted um, one of the most controversial radio hosts you know, yeah. in forever, for decades now. And yeah. Howard Stern, he's been on your platform forever, and you don't know how to handle something like this? You have to think about it for a week? Come on, you guys should look at that and go, oh, yeah, this stuff happens all the time to Howard. And so you were punishing me. Oh, I think what, it, it, I think and then what you lied to me and said get. you weren't punishing me. So if you're going to punish right. me, don't lie to me about it. Just tell tell me, yeah, yeah we think you screwed up. We think a, a week off to cool your heels is a good idea. Then I could have made a decision. Do I want to even stay here or not? But they lied, basically. Kept me off the air for a week. So since that day, I've been thinking, and we started, you know, 
started working on these platforms in the back and plan B started resurrecting things quietly. Um, and the week before I got canceled, I went on the air and said, we're not confident of any of our platforms. If you want to stay in touch with us, you should probably sign up for our newsletter now before we disappear. Right. No, and uh, you uh, helped me lose a lot of weight. I kind of fell off the wagon with keto. I'm going to subscribe to the Destination Health Tribe and uh, and, and go from there and, and, and kind of jump back in with both feet. I need to stop making Excellent. excuses for myself. Um, Good. But hey, no, hey, Matt, I, I genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm going to join you. Um, because I keep saying the same thing about my stress protocol. I put all that work into it over a year, finally got it all figured out, said I got it. Now we just have to finish all the stuff and put it together, and I've fallen off the wagon again. I brought everything I need on this trip, all this stuff to do my pro, all my X3, the red light therapy, everything I've got with me, I haven't done it once yet on this trip. So you and I can try to jump back in together. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing where we go with the podcast platform. And uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Thanks for the call and the support. Let's grab another call. Let's go to Ohio again. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I'm glad to hear that everything is going well for you. It is. It is. I'm actually uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Yeah. So did you transfer over to Pittsburgh Power yet, or no? Or did you I, I am. Uh, uh, no, I'm actually sitting in Bruce's office at Pittsburgh Power. No, oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is. I, I I talked to you Wednesday about uh, the issue with uh, my A1C. This is, and I forgot to mention that I've been drinking coffee. And would that maybe be a contributor to that too, from a sitting up like that? It, it could be a tiny piece. Well, tell me how much coffee a day. Well, it depends. I might drink a 32 ounce cup some days, and oh some no, days okay. I drink two. Right. So I need I'm to cut back, you, right? I'm glad you called me back. Yeah, nor what? I, who who defines normal? But what I consider normal coffee consumption maybe 10 to 20 ounces a day max, and you should probably stay closer to the 10 side. A little bit of caffeine a day, 10, 12, 14 ounces, is actually good for us in a lot of ways. Coffee's an antioxidant. It's good for our brain. But especially if you've been diabetic and you're dealing with stress, and we all are, those higher amounts of caffeine can absolutely impact your blood sugar. Right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad I did call you because I, I I heard you mention something about coffee in the past about that. So I just kind of yeah yeah I you know we try not to just say oh no don't drink any coffee because actually a little right. bit of coffee like I said is good for us so maybe stay in that ten to fourteen ounce a day range. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like every every morning I'll go and take coconut oil. Sometimes I'll use the uh, uh, brain octane I'll use that and I'll put like bone broth with it and collagen and I was putting the uh, uh, cardio miracle with it but you know ran out I won't get my supply back cardio miracle till next week so I'll do that oh got it okay water and mix it all together there you go so but I've been doing that and like I said I've just been eating from meat for the most part so, okay, well, I got to cut back on my coffee. There you go. I know it's hard to hear, but, you know, it's another one of those things. I used to be, you know, at times I would just kind of drink coffee all throughout the day. Finish your first cup, an right. hour or two later I'd grab another cup, an hour or two later I'd grab another cup. And and you don't really think much about it. Um, but it, it, yeah. especially now with all the stress everybody's dealing with, it, it's just enough to kind of push your adrenals right over the edge. Right. Okay. All right. Well, if that's all we got, I'll uh, I'll cut you loose. We'll grab another call. Uh, if you're listening on the live stream, 
Um, we are taking calls right up till noon. We have no breaks, uh, no guests today, no restrictions on topics. You can talk about anything you want. Uh, and that is the format of this show going forward. My goal is that the, the show we're doing right now today becomes our, oh, what do I want to say, our, our, our base show. Our, it, it, the other thing about this show going forward, it will be five days a week, Monday through Friday. We will start at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and I'm starting to think with all the other ideas, none of this is set in stone yet, but it's, it's all starting to come together. I'm starting to think this is going to be a one-hour show every day. Uh, no breaks, one hour, as many calls as I can squeeze in in an hour. And this, so this show will always be here. It will also be always be live streamed, and it will always be free. This show, five days a week, pure Q&A, any topic will always be free. The rest of the network, we will be building a subscription model. It, and we will keep the prices very reasonable, of course. And, you know, in our mind, it's not as much about the price as it is about the value. We will provide you, my goal is always, 10 times more value than you pay us for. That That's our goal. Obviously, that's, you know, opinion on how much value some something might be. But uh, we want to make this free. This will be the show we use to grow the tribe. So make it free. All I need you to do is get people to come and listen to it, and then it's my job to, you know, try to recruit them into the tribe and keep them coming back. Then the rest of our content will be considered premium content, including all the new shows I'll be doing, Destination Health as its own show, uh, I'll do a probably a once-a-week political show. I'll do a commentary show that may even be just whenever. Uh, so nope, sorry there. Needed to get a little drink of water. Um, I have some other ideas for shows I want to do. We're also, we've talked about this before, we're going to keep throwing it out there. We're looking for new hosts. We're looking for new topics. We're looking for new partners. We plan on building not just a channel, but a network, the trucking network. And we want to bring as much information that is valuable and interesting to truck drivers as possible. That's always our goal. Our tribe is still truck drivers. I know we've picked up a lot of non-drivers, mostly with the health thing over the last eight years, and we love having them along for the ride. But we, we you know, as much as uh, we love having them, the focus is always on you. The tribe, people in the trucking industry, um, so that, that will always be our first priority. Is this good for truck drivers and people in the trucking industry? And along with that, we will say um, that uh, – hold on. We're communicating in the background, still working on technology and figuring out the best way to do this. So uh, every now and then you might hear me pause and I'm looking and chatting with somebody probably on text. So here's the other thing I'm going to tell you right now. Even even right now, it's always been this way. We talk a lot about our partner companies. We love them. We, we wouldn't partner with them if we didn't. It's sad that we lost a couple of our longtime partner companies over this, but the bigger a company gets, and both of the companies we lost are really big, um, we do have a problem with woke corporations these days. And again, I'm not going to disparage any of our partners. They, they, I don't want anybody to retaliate against them in any way. If they drop us, we'll deal with that. You make your own decision based on whatever it is you want to base it on, but we're not going to ask anybody. I'm not going to say a negative comment about any of these companies because they, they, they were good partners. I, I would... You know, I say now I would consider taking them back, but I, I, the only reason I might not is only because 
you know what, if you did this to me once, I'm just afraid you're going to do it to me again. It's not that I don't like the companies or what they do. I, I do like them. But I, I now I have to look at it and go, well, when you cancel me like this, that affects my tribe and my listeners, and it's a disruption. And So even if some of these big, you know, if the couple of the big contracts that we lost come back, um, we may not partner with them. We'll make that decision at the time. But here's what I can tell you. Even when we had all of them, the revenue we brought in from our partner companies was only a small percentage of our overall revenue, and that was on purpose. I learned a long time ago, I do not depend on these corporate accounts and corporate contracts and corporate partnerships. I learned not to depend on their income because I know they're hard to work with, and they can pull that income away from you in a heartbeat. So it, it, early on, we made this decision as a company, yes, we'll partner with them. Yes, we will generate revenue from them, but we will that revenue will always be set aside. And that's when I said we've had a couple of good years. Lisa squirreled away a bunch of money for a big project that we didn't even know what it might be yet, but that's how we did it. We built our model to say, look, we will depend on revenue from our tribe, not from our vendors. If we get revenue from vendors and partnerships, excellent. Just set it all aside and save it. And, and don't be dependent on it. And going forward, that will absolutely always be our model. We will never be financially dependent on any of those partnerships. We'll still seek them out because I believe they bring value to us and they bring value to the tribe. And the revenue doesn't hurt. We love the fact that we can just set it aside. It's a, it's a great cushion for us. And then when it does build up enough, we can say, hey, look, now we can go start on that really cool big project we've always wanted to do. So I just wanted to make sure everybody understands that. We are making our, ourselves, our network, our company, our tribes as cancel-proof as possible. Let's get back to some calls. Let's go to Montana this time. Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking my call. What um, can I help you this, with today? This question might, well, this might be a question better for the power hour, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, I've been looking at getting a computer to uh, service my uh, uh, 21 Freightliner. Um, and there's a wide range of uh, options out there from $200 software to, I think, 3000 on up uh, complete packages, and maybe more that I don't know about. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What would be the best way to go for a single truck owner? Yeah, you are correct that that would be a much better question for Ethan. And if I thought my technology could handle it, I would actually probably grab my phone and keep doing what I'm doing and go look for Ethan. And actually, Ethan's probably out working on my coach right now. I um, I pulled it in the <laughs> shop right book. Well, actually, I backed it into the shop. And I have to say, it was probably one of my more challenging um spots to try to get into i had a short approach to the door the door was narrow and i was backing into the building so it was totally dark um but i managed to do it i kind of even looked like a professional doing it so um they're probably all out there working on my coach and i i am not familiar with any of that software okay well that 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 uh, keeps your skills honed all right how about uh here's another one uh this is about uh um deep discharge batteries uh um, more up your alley. Um, that I can help you with. In fact, that's actually <laughs> the first project I have the engineers working on. Find me. We're looking for the best battery technology I can find right now for my house batteries. That's the stuff on the coach that runs your refrigerator, your air conditioners, all the electric in the coach itself. Then you have two what they call starter batteries for the engine. Uh, but mine are due to replaced they're four years old and I've got a lot of them they're really big and we are looking at you know the space we have available the cabling that's in there now 
and I might be willing to to go like kind of extreme. Like uh, I'm even looking at lithium iron phosphate. The problem I have with them is for the the amount of capacity they have, they are really expensive. Yeah. So what? Tell me. Well, tell me what you're trying to accomplish with batteries, and I can tell you the best setup on a Class A truck. Well, currently I have an eight, a set of eight for my um, EPU horsepower. Uh, that's also the uh, starter package, and I okay. was looking at some of the uh, um, lithium ion or yeah, the lithium batteries out there, and taking a closer look at the coal cranking amps. You know, there's a couple of them that I looked at that were 300 or so for each, and that's 2,400 cold cranking amps between the eight of them. Wouldn't you think that'd be in, uh, enough capacity to serve as a starter battery as well? You know, that many batteries? I, you just asked me about, you know, a battery issue on Class A trucks, and I said I'm really good at this, and I am. Uh, but you just asked something I'm not sure of. Do you really, can you really add up all the cold cranking amps? Of, I don't think it works that way. And the reason I say that is, I, you know, you can take one decent size Class 8 battery and it'll usually start the truck pretty well, too, definitely. But it, it, it doesn't seem to me like just because I put on 8, the engine turns over any faster. And when and and the reason they say that is if I throw on one start module and it has like two thousand cold cranking amps, you know it. Two thousand cold crank that engine turns over so fast it's amazing. But that doesn't seem to be the case with trucks. I've had trucks with two batteries, three batteries, four batteries. They all seem to start about the same way. So I'm not sure that we can actually say, oh, I just add up all my cold cranking amps. I don't think it works that way. Well, it, it doesn't. You're, you're comparing apples and oranges between the starter module and the battery. The starter module doesn't drop its voltage when you crank the engine. Whereas that oh, yes, it does. Up, oh, no, hold drops. on. Hold on. Oh, really? It's the opposite. You, you, we can wipe out all of the voltage in that start module in about 20 seconds of cranking. That's how they work. It's the opposite. And here's, here's how a start module works. This is the easiest analogy, and I'm sure it's probably not technically correct completely, but the start module uses something like static electricity. You know how you rub a balloon on your head or on your shirt and then you, you it builds up static and then it discharges that static in like one little blast and you hear the, the snap and you get shocked and that's kind of how a start module works. It That's why you can charge it so fast. You can fully charge that module in like three or four minutes and then what it does is it blast that out all at one time all of that energy gets released fast and that's why the engine turns over so fast right but at, at, but you could if if your truck wouldn't start and you just kept cranking for like 30 seconds or so you could you could virtually just draw that thing down to nothing right I, I made a mistake one time. I was in, I was putting a start module in a truck, and it was when I was first learning how to install them. And that back then you had to set up your own isolator, and I got the isolator wired wrong. And I started up the truck, and I'm going down the road, watching my voltage meter drop, and I thought something's really wrong here. The problem was I hadn't isolated that start module. So the start module was trying to run things like lights, and, and it, it will just draw that battery down to nothing in minutes. Right. Okay. Well, so it, right. here's, I, I, here's what I think would be a better setup for you. You basically have 
almost an identical setup to me. My batteries are probably bigger than yours. You're probably using Group 31. You have eight Group 31 batteries, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. That's a typical Class 8 size is a Group 31. Mine are actually double that. They're physically, they're twice the size. So, but what I would do if I were you, I'd probably put six house batteries and try to isolate two or three as your starter. And you might even be able to wire them one way, the way we do a start module. And what I mean by that is, I believe there's a way to wire this so that the house batteries could draw from those three, but those three can't draw from the house batteries. Right. That's what I kind of was thinking about. Right. Um, but uh, I, I was also, and that, but I was also thinking, you know, if I could just all eight of them on on a single bank, if that would be sufficient. Um, I just with with four batteries, I could see not being able to use them as a starter, but with eight batteries, it just seems like that would work okay. It would, and your only downside to having all eight of your house batteries also attached to your starter is if something happens overnight or you park the truck for a couple days and something pulls your batteries, then your truck's not going to start. True, true. Uh, it, it wouldn't work without having a good voltage monitor power system. Some, exactly, uh, something. But that's why I love the idea of a single start module to start the truck and everything else being hotel load or house batteries. Well, I think I'm liking your two and six idea even better. Two yeah, and, and batteries and six house. I, I And like I said, if you can figure out a way with an isolator to allow the start batteries, do, do we want to do that? Yeah, I think you'd be okay. What you don't want to do is allow your starter batteries or your house batteries to pull off your starter batteries, but it's no problem allowing the starter batteries to pull off the house. Yeah, no, it would have to isolate those two from the house power. Okay. I'll uh, continue down that path and see how where it takes me. I'll let you know if, it, if I ever get it finished up. Perfect. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that's a, that's a topic I still, like I said, I'm still working on myself, and there's just a lot to learn, but I think we know a lot. Um, there are some good options out there, but they can also be pretty darn expensive. Let's go to Mississippi. Matt, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. I just uh, Googled that real quick because I didn't know either. And according to Google, you do increase cold canker amps wiring in parallel. Do you really? Okay, so, interesting. Yeah. I wasn't sure because I've never thought about it before. So then if I had to guess, the reason it seems like no matter how many batteries you put in parallel, all trucks seem to me that they start at about the same speed, you know? It, it doesn't seem to make a big difference to have all those extras, but a start module does. And my guess there is my explanation, the technology of the fact that the start module is able to blast out all its energy at once. Yep, just probably discharges faster. Right. That would be my guess, right. too. So, so, so that's I interesting, don't know. but then, then let's think about that for a second. Does it really matter? Are we really getting any big advantage other than the fact that if you had a truck that was really, really giving you a problem starting, you might be able to crank a lot longer without losing your batteries? Yeah, well, for him, it would the advantage would be not having to isolate anything. So if he does stay with... But well, I don't, well no. Hold, stay. hold on. Here's the reason I isolate is what I just said earlier. If I get a really cold night and there's huge draws on my house batteries, but they're now all just house and starter where I park it for a couple of days and we've got an open draw somewhere, now we'll draw all of our batteries down and we won't be able to start our truck. 
yeah, that for that option. But yeah, right. what I did not say or I did not read, I'd have to actually do some serious reading, is if it doubles. You know, if you got two 1,000 right. cranking amp batteries, does that right. give you 2,000? Do I you really get 2,000? I know, yeah. me too. Yeah. And at some point, does yeah. it even matter? Yep. So uh, you had a call the other day of a gentleman with a business report. Yes. That was really kicking ass. Yeah, he was. Two dollars a mile net. Two oh nine. I got to work harder. Yeah. I, I remember it. Two oh nine. Yep. I got to work harder to try to catch him. Uh, let me check. Oh yeah, you do have to work harder. I'm, lo I'm looking at your report right now, and I think you're a little late to the party. <laughs> I mean, your numbers uh, last year were amazing. We talked about your numbers all yeah. last year. They were amazing. Um, I, honestly, a dollar seventy-four profit is still amazing. I mean, it really is. But it, it looks like it's pretty clear that the party's over in trucking. Yep. Yeah, I've just been watching. The only time I get brokered loads are my southbound. So we'll just pick a regular search of mine: Minneapolis to Orlando, and. They've been down as much as 20% some weeks from the high. Now, the 20% down is still, you know, over the last hey. 10 years, it's still a really good rate. <laughs> well, absolutely. And let's go back to your numbers because, you know, $1.74 when we were just talking about 209 yeah, your first impression is, yeah, Matt, what's wrong, you slacker? But I'm also looking at your percentage of profit. <laughs> You're at like 71% profit. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> old, old paid for equipment that, you know, I've taken well care of over the years. Yeah, you're you're at um, like, what, a 29% operating ratio? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah, that, that's crazy. You know, not that I want this to happen, but just in reality of what's possible out here, so if rates dropped a dollar a mile, how many people do you think will survive? Oh, man, that would be a bloodbath. Okay, well, that that would knock me down to 70 cents of profit. And, and you could still, still survive. It's still good. Oh, yeah, that's... It, it's mean, still good, I yeah. years when, when that would have been a great number. <laughs> you are correct, right. Right, so... That's the beauty of, you know, look, over the last couple of years, we've watched owner-operators have like a field day. Like if you failed as an owner-operator in the last several years, something had to have gone really wrong. Like, I, you know, really wrong. But that's about to change. And I, I'm a little worried about the industry in a sense because it's been a decades since we've had to face anything like what's coming. And this may be worse this time. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then, you know, the whole fuel thing. and Yeah. I don't and, know where and, it's going to go, but it's... Well, like I said in my open, not just high fuel prices, but this crazy volatility, which is even worse. Yep. Yeah, that's, you know, where it's going to go. And it's just interesting that, Right now, the big run-up, I've already seen, you know, some, I don't remember who, but some Democrat wants to introduce legislation to take the money from the uh, the oil companies for their record profits and then give it to the people. Well, doesn't the what? government and the media deserve blame for this high run-up? Well, <laughs> well wait a you know, the sky is falling, chicken little. You know, the only function the government seems interested in anymore is spreading the wealth around. What the hell country are we living in here? That's not our, how our country works. The government is not allowed to take things from one company and give it to another, like trucks. Yeah, nope. that that's what landed me here, a congressman making a comment like, oh, well, we'll just take their stuff and give it to another company. What? What? <laughs> What country are we in? That's not how we work here. Yeah, and one quick comment about that and what you said. Yeah. You do know, you, 
you ended that statement with for treason. Exactly. Uh, and and technically, still to this yeah. day, is punishable right. by death. And I think it's so, a firing squad. <laughs> yeah. So nothing you said was illegal. It really wasn't. I didn't say, oh, hey, all of you guys listening to me, go do this. I didn't even come close to that. What I said was, he should be shot for treason. And if you follow that logic through, that would mean we should charge him, because I think that was a treasonous statement. I really do. We should charge him with it, and if he's guilty, then we decide on the punishment. Yep. So... um Got another question about kind of taxes, investing, stuff like that. And Let me do this, know. Matt. Let me do this. Hate to cut you off, but I'm going to because I want to get through as many calls as I can while we only have an hour. Uh, again, I'm going to be working on this whole how many hours. I know people love the Q&A, um, so we'll be adjusting it as we go, but I have a lot of callers, and I want to get to as many as I can. I can probably get to two more i think uh maybe three because uh, at at right now i am going to limit this show to an hour a day so each day i'm kind of making some new decisions going forward and they're all subject to change but i think for right now since this show is always going to be free this part of the show um i think i'm gonna have to limit this one to an hour every day let's uh let's go to brandy in illinois brandy welcome to the program Kevin, um, so I, when I was calling, uh, I wanted to know, what is your model to draw people to make your audience larger? I remember I was in a uh, Sap Brothers, and there was a lady that was coughing, and I said, well, have you ever listened to Kevin Rutherford? Oh, I've heard of him, but never listened to him. And I was thinking, well, that's just one person's word of mouth. And it's like, but what, how do you... It's just been something I've been thinking about as I listen to you. It's like, you know, I want other people to listen to you, but how do we get that word out? And I had some ideas so, as I was telling this the screener. Yeah, and I'll tell you what we've got, and then you can throw your ideas my way. So, you know, that was the biggest reason for staying with Sirius. Sirius is clearly the easiest way to reach new people because – all they have to do is come in contact with a serious radio at some point, and there's a chance they might find you. And that's worked really well with us for years. So we haven't put any real effort into this in the past. And, and we could have, but I said, I've said many times, I'm very happy with the size our company was. And I didn't want a lot of growth. A little bit of growth to keep you kind of from going backwards is no problem. And all we had to do was beyond serious every day, and we grew at least as much as I wanted to grow and sometimes too much, and we didn't have to do anything. We had no big marketing plan or no other way of bringing in new listeners, so now we're going to have to shift, and some of our plans are that over the years, we've probably gathered through all of our websites, our newsletter, other stuff, our store we probably gathered, I don't know, 100 to 150,000 emails. So we will start reaching out to people on email once we're set. We're not, we really don't want a lot of new listeners right now. If somebody reaches out to me on Facebook and says, hey, how do I find you? They actually made a point to come looking for us. Then I'll tell them, hey, go over to the two sites, Healthy Tribe, Trucking Tribe. But we are not reaching out right now we don't want those people right now because we know we're kind of a mess right now we're all over the board the technology's working things are absolutely going to change so we don't want to bring a whole bunch of people in and then in a month tell them oh now you got to change we were we're annoying and aggravating our tribe enough with that you guys are doing a great job of helping us so, but we will blast out to all of those emails. We'll do a marketing campaign to the emails. We'll do a Facebook marketing campaign every day. We'll do a uh, Instagram marketing campaign every day. We will ask you, our tribe, just to help us spread it through word of mouth. Maybe we'll even come up with some sort of a marketing package. I don't even know what that looks like yet that we can give to our tribe and say, hey, hey here's an easy way to tell everybody what we're all about and how to find us. 
so those are some of the ways. And have we thought of any others yet? Probably not, because those will take us quite a bit of work to get all those up and running. Okay. Well, my idea was, or one of them anyway, was uh, Trucker's News, uh, like uh, just your face and it's like Q&A answers uh, found here and then the time. Oh, Another one. I, I was just going to say, it just reminded me of something. Um, I used to write a monthly column for Randall Riley. I used to write it in their small fleet magazine, and I wrote one in their owner-operator magazine, Overdrive. Um, Randall Riley reached out to me after I got canceled. They've asked me. I, I had to quit writing the two columns because writing for me is really difficult. I, I don't like to write. Um, I've tried the dictation. I've tried all kinds of things. And actually, the best way for me to write now is Brittany in our company is an excellent writer. And I just have her interview me. And then she writes the article. So when I, you know, I just had to drop both of those columns because it was just too much work for me. So Randall reached out and said, hey, now that you're not doing serious, are you going to have more time? And honestly, I don't have more time. I have less but I'm pretty sure I'm going to take on at least one column for Randall Riley. So I will be writing probably for Overdrive or Overdrive Online. Um, I may be doing a business column. I haven't really decided yet. And the other idea was like, how about like the places that like the wellness needs, the different doctors in their waiting room, little uh, little tiny sign that says, you know, your partners and uh, – you know, you're, you're yeah, in a waiting the, room or something, and, and something catches your eye. It's like it's like you know, I'd probably check that out. And you're, you're yeah, with the same uh, people that you were doing work with, right? I, and we will do a little bit of that. Maybe here's the downside to that: all of the other practitioners in the country, all of them, Dr. Wolfson, Ken Berry, everybody we've had on the show in the past, they work with the general population, which is awesome, but. And we will take general because we get spouses and kids and friends, and but we don't want to market to the general population. I, I don't want to do anything that would encourage more of them to come. If somebody comes to us because they just stumbled across us, great. If somebody comes to us because you went to your sister who doesn't know anything about trucking, but you say, hey, this guy's really helped me, great. Great, but we don't want to go market to the general public, not on health. Okay. Another thing, um, i just letting you know, I was a dollar uh, driver myself. I wasn't an owner-operator, but I did do it for a while. I, it was, did you really? I have, I have lots of stores. Yeah. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. I would love to talk to you about those things, but I know you're busy. Okay. Uh, hey, you know, thank you, Kevin. It, it I just, really appreciate it. it. Just saying things like what you just said, the beauty of this yeah. new platform is many of our shows will be scheduled so that you know every day at 11 Eastern time, I'm on the air answering questions. We really want Mike and Kevin Beckett to say, yes, we're going to do rolling toe this day, this hour. And then we also tell them, look, be consistent, be there at that time so people know when to find you. But you can add all kinds of content now. If you and Kevin go on to do recorded shows to explain one topic, no callers, no, do it. We have so much flexibility and so much freedom now. So that, you know, we, we absolutely will have times where you know what's on. But I might be able to pick a day and just say, hey, I, I want to talk about that. I'm just going to go record something to cover that topic. And it's, it could be just totally random whenever something pops up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. I, I really enjoy it, Kevin. Thank you. Well, well, thank you. And again, thanks. Thank everybody for all of their support. Uh, and with that, I have to say already this is uh, it's starting to look like uh, a typical day on Sirius. I have way too many calls and not enough time. Um, I know there are going to be people who are disappointed. They sat on hold a while, but for right now, uh, and maybe going forward, this one-hour segment 
it may be at an hour. I'll get to as many calls as I possibly can, and then you get another shot tomorrow. Uh, but we are coming up at the top of the hour here, so we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to head out to uh, the garage here, and I'm excited because I'm probably going to work with the engineering team for the rest of the day. And uh, when I pulled the coach in and uh, talking to the guys in the engineering department, um, I can't even remember them all anymore. I gotta, gotta, the, the, the department's got a lot bigger. There's some people in there I haven't even met yet. But I'm excited because when I said, hey, I, my C-13's back, they tuned it once, but it's been several years. They all lit up and smiled and said, we have some pretty cool ideas for you. So uh, I'm kind of excited about what we may be able to get out of the C-13 when I leave. Plus, I have a ton of little stuff that I've been putting off because the weather hasn't been good. I thought I was going to do a lot of the, this maintenance on the road, but I've been too busy. Weather hasn't been good. So uh, I'm kind of excited that I've got it in the shop. I've got tools. Don't have to worry about weather. Uh, so I think I'm going to go get dirty. We will uh, – We'll see you back here on Monday. Uh, I plan on being at Pittsburgh Power um, till probably Tuesday night. That could change, but I, I think I will be this weekend. I'll be around. Um, there will be times where I just won't be available. If I'm available, I'll probably just leave the door of my coach open or I'll sit outside. Although, aren't we getting some sort of bomb cyclone this weekend? We may be snowed in. Who knows? Uh, but I'll be around. Um, sometimes I'll be available. Sometimes I won't. And then I'll still be here next week on uh, probably at least Monday or Tuesday. So thanks, everybody. Um, if you're on hold and I didn't get to you, I apologize. We're still working out schedules. We want to get to as many people as we can, but uh, we also want to put out a lot of good new content. Thanks for your support. I really do appreciate it. Keep buying at the store. I got I to gotta tell you right now, it helps us. We want to make sure that we get our financial support from you, the tribe, not a bunch of corporations. So help us out with that. Join the sites. Get people to join the sites. Buy from our store when it makes sense for you. Uh, and we'll keep bringing you great, great content and lots and lots of new exciting stuff. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford.